Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial, and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Clay Boland, play some tantalizing records, take a musical trip to the Onyx Club, we'll get down and get into the spirit of Halloween. A couple of weeks ago, I played Johnny Messner's version of Midnight on the Trail, composed by Clay Boland, and mentioned you'd be hearing more from him. Well, last week, October 25th, marked the birth in 1903 in Oliphant, Pennsylvania, of Clay Powell Aloysius Boland, to William J. Boland, a coal miner, and Margaret E. Corey, known as Maggie. His older sister played piano and helped him learn notes and scales, and from there he was off on his own. When Boland was just 17, he caught the attention of both Paul Whiteman and Edgar Benson, playing as a guest soloist in both orchestras. A year later in 1921, he had his own society orchestra and was playing at dances from Chicago to New York City. Boland graduated from St. Patrick's High School in Oliphant, studied pre-med at St. Thomas College, and worked his way through the University of Pennsylvania's School of Dentistry, playing in Howard Lannan's orchestra. If the list of his extracurricular activities is even remotely accurate, one wonders when he ever had time to attend classes or study. In 1922, he toured Europe with the university's Franklin Sextet, was associate editor of the yearbook, chairman of the entertainment committee, on student council, was a member of numerous academic societies, and of Sigma Nu fraternity. He wrote music for the University of Pennsylvania's Mask and Wig Club's annual productions for more than 30 years, often collaborating with Mo Jaffe and sometimes directed and staged the shows. In the mid-1920s, Boland led his own Vagabond Collegians Orchestra, a group which lasted into the 1940s. In 1930, he married Dolores Leeds, and they had a son, Clay Jr., as Dr. Clay Boland, DDS, he specialized in pediatric dentistry with multiple offices around Philadelphia, but still found time to compose and partner in a music publishing company. During World War II, he served as a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy's Dental Corps and was called up again for active duty in 1950 during the Korean War. He retired to Elizabeth, New Jersey and died in St. Albans Naval Hospital in Queens. He's buried at Arlington National Cemetery. One critic said that Boland's name is synonymous with the better stratum of today's jazz. And here are three reasons why.
keeps doctors away, so we did. Keep healthy and strong, for soon you'll belong to me. Have plenty of fun, stay out in the sun, you need it. Get vitamin D, for soon you will be with me. Wear a slicker when it's raining, so you won't catch cold. Not that I would be complaining when you're mine to hold. Don't wait till you're ill and count on a pill to cure you. An apple a day keeps doctors away, so we did. An apple a day will help you to stay in love. Drummond, right away. 
we haven't got much time to play. I want you guys to stop this singing. I want to hear this band start swinging. heard from Ozzie Nelson in quite a while, but there he was, stomping at the stadium from Bluebird B7814, September 7th, 1938. Clay Boland wrote the music, but if you want to hear the Buckley Reichner lyrics, you'll have to get Tommy Dorsey's version, made a couple of weeks later for Victor with Edith Wright, providing the vocal with Skeets Herford, 
saxophonist in the band, making some comments. The stadium they're stomping at would be Franklin Field, the oldest college stadium in the country, opened on April 20, 1895, with the nation's first scoreboard. In 1899, it was the first neutral site of the Army-Navy game, and it was also the site of the first college football radio broadcast in 1922 and of college football's first televised game in 1940. Before Ozzie Nelson, it was the Eddie DeLang Orchestra, with Elise Cooper singing about how her kids sing in swing songs since they stole his nursery rhymes. That was another Reichner Boland collaboration, recorded October 18, 1938, on Bluebird B10003. We started off our little tribute to Clay Boland with his tune, An Apple a Day. Barry McKinley sang the Mo Jaffe lyrics on November 10, 1936, issued on Victor 24568. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. I don't remember the exact wording, but a Jeopardy clue the other night referenced Tantalus. Tantalus, in Greek mythology, was a son of Zeus and the father of Pelops. He was a rich but wicked king and an intimate friend of the gods, who was invited to dine at their table on Mount Olympus. But he committed several crimes. First, he revealed to mortals on earth secrets he had learned. He stole nectar and ambrosia, the food of the gods, and gave them to mortals. And last but most certainly not least, he offended the gods by killing his son Pelops and serving him to them, diced up in a stew, in order to test their powers of observation. I know. Demeter inadvertently ate a piece of Pelops' shoulder, so the gods decided to put Pelops back together and make him alive again. But he did have a prosthetic shoulder made of ivory. Anyway, Tantalus's punishment in Hades was to stand for eternity in a lovely pool of water up to his neck with a fruit tree just above his head. But whenever he tried to grasp a piece of fruit, the wind would blow it out of his reach. Not only that, but whenever he tried to drink the water, it would flow away from him. Again, I don't remember the exact wording of the clue, but the Jeopardy question was, what is to tantalize? To tantalize is to tease or torment someone with the sight or promise of something desirable, but continually taking it out of reach. As an adjective, it can mean exciting one's senses or desires. So, for this segment, I have a trio of tantalizing tunes, beginning with Earl Hines. Thank you. 
familiar sailor's hornpipe. Thank you. 
Here's a good old timer, Fisher's Hornpipe. Tantalizing Tar. A medley of sea songs, at least a couple of which are no doubt familiar. That was Charles Magnanti and his accordion orchestra on Columbia 18005D, made sometime in 1932. I'm not going to repeat the titles because someone, maybe Charles Magnanti himself, already told you. And the only one we're concerned with in this segment is the last one, Tantalizing Tar. Tar was a common English term for a sailor in the Merchant Marine and Royal Navy and dates back to around 1600, 
when it probably derived from tarpaulin, canvas coated with tar to make waterproof clothing. Before that, Uriel Wilford Montgomery, better known as Little Brother, accompanying himself on piano on Tantalizing Blues. That was recorded in New Orleans on October 16, 1936, issued on Bluebird B6766. We started with Earl Hines and his orchestra with his tune, Tantalizing a Cuban. I have no idea what that means, but it's from Bluebird B10792, June 19, 1940. You heard on last week's show that, for a time, Carl Kress was a co-owner of the Onyx Club a speakeasy on 52nd Avenue in New York, and a haven for jazz and dance band musicians. On January 24, 1933, a group of New York's most prominent studio musicians gathered for a routine recording session. Their primary mission was to accompany singer Greta Keller on some popular numbers, but they took some time off the record, so to speak, to record a private performance of their own, not for public release. The group was led by Victor Young and included trumpeter Manny Klein, the Dorsey Brothers, violinist Joe Venuti, and the aforementioned Carl Kress. They were trying to cut a waltz, but kept making mistakes. So many, in fact, that finally Young said something along the lines of, F*** it, let's play it through. Play the worst you can and let's get all those clams out of our systems. They got through it and pressed a few copies of the resulting recording to give to members of the band and to Joe Helbach, who owned the Onyx Club. It is intentionally rude, filled with out-of-tune playing and singing, references to drinking, and even belching by Carl Kress. The record was made public in 1981, and here it is to start off an Onyx set. Club Review. Joy. Uh, Lord, we'll be the one 
stuff. Trumpeter Frankie Newton and his Uptown Serenaders with his composition and arrangement of the Onyx Hop on Vocalion V3839, July 13, 1937. The vocal was by Frankie and Pete Brown, who played alto sax in the band. Before Frankie Newton, pianist Joe Sullivan with his composition, Onyx Bringdown from a Royal Blue Columbia 78, number 2925D, whacked September 26, 1933. I hope you liked that, because Joe Sullivan was born November 4, 1906, and on next week's show you'll hear the other three sides from that session. We started with Joe Venuti and friends with the Onyx Club Review. Now, mind you, that was just part one. If you really, really want to hear part two, let me know. And if I get enough votes, I'll play it next week. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7 on demand, anytime at all online, at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. A few weeks ago, we played several tracks from record collector extraordinaire Joe Buzzard's CD titled Down in the Basement. Well, for this segment, we're going to go down into some other places.
regarding where me and my love did meet. Where we said according, my love dropped off to sleep. I had a bottle of the burglar wine, which true lover did not know. There I found that dear little girl down under the bank below. Stopped her with a dagger, which was a bloody knife. Throwed her in the river, which was a dreadful sight. My father's often told me that money would set me free if I would murder that dear little girl whose name was Rose Connolly. Sits in his old cottage door, wiping his weeping eyes, looking at his own dear son up on a scaffold high. My race is run beneath the sun, though hell's now waiting for me. I murdered that dear little girl I loved, whose name was Rose Connolly. Wade Maynor and Zeke Morris, who were down in the willow on August 2nd, 1937, from Bluebird 7298, one of at least six sides the duo recorded. Banjo player and singer Wade Maynor was born April 21st, 1907, and has been called the grandfather of bluegrass music. In the late 30s, he became deeply involved in Christianity and left the music business to move to Flint, Michigan, and worked for General Motors until 1973, when he began recording gospel music. He died in 2011. Guitarist and mandolinist Zeke Morris was born May 9, 1916. He and brother Wiley recorded Let Me Be Your Salty Dog in 1938 as the Morris Brothers. You were introduced to the Texas Blues Destroyers a couple of weeks ago on the October 16th show, and before Wade and Zeke... You heard them again, this time with Down in the Mouth Blues, written by Porter Granger on Vocalion 14913, October 7, 1924. We started the set with Lonnie Johnson, with his composition, Away Down in the Alley Blues. That's from OK 8575, February 21, 1928. Tomorrow is Halloween, so in the time that's left... I'll try to get in at least a couple of Halloween-related records.
the Glenn Gray Orchestra, February 4th, 1937, with the Goblin Band, written by Gene Gifford on Decca 1312. Before that, Red Nichols and his Five Pennies and Haunting Blues, written by Henry Bussey. That's from Brunswick 6234, December 1st, 1931. You hear Arthur Shutt a lot on the show as sideman and accompanist, but we started with Arthur Shutt playing his piano solo, The Ghost of the Piano. That's from a British Regal 78, number G8032, recorded in London on August 2nd, 1923. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) 